Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church, advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. My name is Linda Rutkowski, and Paul says I need to raise the mic. The scripture reading today is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus, took pl- the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they had lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just as he had resolved to do this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, 
He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus.
no, we, we saved the exclamation point on joy so that it would be lit up behind the children during this moment. Thank you, Clark, and also our artists. Thank you, of course, Jacqueline, our wonderful accompanist. And thank you, most of all, Caroline Lee. Caroline named the, the children's generosity and courage, but gosh, Caroline's generosity and courage are sure a blessing to all of us, as well as her joy and love. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Jerry. Will you pray with me, please, the words of preparation which are in your print or your digital bulletin? Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, 
May the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, recently, my daughter and I were looking at social media together. Sometimes we do that. She does that quite a bit. Sometimes I join her. And we came across a gift, a gift idea that really gave us joy. It was a pair of socks, but not just any pair of socks. It was a super cozy looking pair, but that wasn't the best part. The best part is that the model had their, their feet up on like kind of a footstand or ottoman, and on the bottom of the socks, it said, don't bother me, I'm watching Hallmark movies. <laughs> well, any, any Hallmark Christmas movie fans in the house? All right, well, Christmas movies and stories are one of the joys of Christmas. So what are, you, what are, your, favorite, what are your favorite movies? What are your favorite stories? Anybody? Elf. Elf. Mine, that's one of mine. Love Actually. It's a Wonderful Life. White Christmas, Christmas in Connecticut. Everyone's gonna Google that, <laughs> search that up. What was that? National Lampoon's Christmas. Okay, Susan. <laughs> There's really, Miracle on 34th Street, yeah, yeah. Well, there's no, there's no shortage and um, uh, one, one, many of my favorites were named. One, one that I absolutely love is A Year Without a Santa Claus. People know that one. It's an animated classic. Uh, it's from uh, my childhood in the 70s when the Rankin Bass production company was doing like one of those animated stories every year. And, um, but, but yeah, at this time, there's no shortage of very special and beloved stories. Jonathan Gottschall, who's the author of The Storytelling Animal, How Stories Make Us Human, has said, we are, as a species, addicted to story. Even when the body goes to sleep, the mind stays up all night telling itself stories. Stories help us connect with others, they help us process things that have happened, they help us make meaning, in fact, we're so wired to make sense of things through stories that even when we do not have all of the facts, our minds will fill in the gaps of any situation to create a story. Most of, most of the time, this happens unconsciously. In the Book of Joy, which has been our companion throughout this Advent season, the writer, Doug Abrams, recounts a story of having been with Archbishop Tutu 10 years prior to the conversations that took place in Dharamsala, India, that are the, the, uh, the fodder, you know, the, the story of the Book of Joy. And so Abrams is, is recounting this story that took, took place 10 years earlier in, in Jackson, Florida. And he's with Archbishop Tutu driving in traffic. And Abram says, you could say that this was, in fact, one of my major motivations for wanting to work with Archbishop Tutu to understand how does a deeply spiritual and moral leader 
driving traffic. <laughs> so as they drove to the university where the archbishop was to be a guest lecturer, all of a sudden a car cut across several lanes in front of them and um, cut them off and the archbishop who was driving had to swerve to avoid hitting the other car. And, he, and his immediate response was, there are some truly amazing drivers on the road. <laughs> and he said it with a head-shaking chuckle. And he, he was surprised, but Abram said he didn't seem to hold any frustration or anger about the incident. And so he asked him what was going through his head, and the archbishop said, perhaps the driver was on his way to the hospital because his wife was giving birth or a relative was sick. Isn't that interesting? The archbishop made a choice to fill in the pieces of the story he didn't know with compassion and acceptance and connection. There's so many places in our lives and through our days where we have this choice. In our busy lives, we encounter so many people very briefly, and we don't make much of a connection. We may experience something from them that surprises us and has the potential to rub us the wrong way or leave us cold or leave us frustrated. And in that moment, we have a choice to fill in the story unconsciously based on our bias or our presumptions or even our fear and our shame, or we can go to compassion and acceptance and fill in the story out of those places. In our scripture today from Matthew, Joseph is confronted with a surprise too. Mary, his betrothed, is pregnant and he knows he's not the father. And the scripture tells us that he begins to consider divorcing her quietly. It's clear that Joseph doesn't have very much information about Mary and what has happened. And from our perspective of being able to see even more pieces of the full story, we know that, that Mary doesn't have that much information either. Joseph, at this point, as the story begins in our scripture today, seems to be filling in his story with assumptions. And he seems to be making some decisions motivated by fear and shame. But then an angel comes to him in a dream and tells him, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Now, now while this message answers maybe some of Joseph's questions about what is going on with Mary, it also opens some new questions. And maybe the most pressing among them is the name. Jesus. Why Jesus? The prophecy quoted in our scripture today after the piece about the dream um, says that Isaiah, the prophet, prophesied, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him, what, Jesus? No, Emmanuel. It's a different name. <laughs> so Jesus and Emmanuel are not the same name. 
So if this dream was designed to help Joseph fill in the parts of his story with Mary to answer some of his questions, it seems to have missed. But what we must remember is that this scripture, though it's narrative in form, it seems like a story, and it is, it's also inspired. These words live and breathe and open to us new understandings and meanings each time we come to them. And so as we dive into Joseph's story again, we know that something new is waiting for us in the greater story of our relationship with God. The name Jesus means God saves. And the name Emmanuel means God is with us. The two names are not the same, but could it be that in the story, the one informs the other? Could it be that God saves by being with us? When I was a campus minister at UC Davis, welcome back, Ty, from your first semester at UC Davis. Uh, I was leading the only progressive campus ministry on campus, and we were surrounded by many evangelical and conservative campus Christian groups. And it was not uncommon that I would get involved in a, a theological conversation with a student from one of those other groups who was either seeking a new way of looking at faith and wrestling with some of the, the disconnects of their experience and, and what they were uh, experiencing in their, in their campus Christian group, or sometimes the, the person was just kind of wanting to, to find a debate partner. But, Either way, these, these conversations happen pretty frequently. And at some point in the conversation, the student would tell me that they had been saved and asked if I had been saved. And to which I would always respond, saved from what? For Joseph, as he sought to make sense out of what was happening to him and this new part of the story in which the angel told him that this child's name would be God saves, maybe he too was wondering, saved from what? This story that Joseph is confronted with has gaps. And like all of us, as we face unknowns, or are surprised by things that could make us fearful or feel shame or just uncertain, we have a choice. Will we give in to those negative emotions? Or will we turn to the resources of our faith and let those stories we have come to know to be true fill in the gaps and make our coherent story? What we have come to know through these four weeks of Advent and through this exploration of joy is that anticipatory joy can be great joy. And that another name for anticipatory joy is hope. We have returned to the truth that, that in the regular practices of our faith, there is joy. And we know that in reaching out, we affirm the truth of our inherent connection with each other. In the Book of Joy, what we discovered as we struggle with the challenges of this life was not a denial of pain and suffering, but a shift 
and perspective, from oneself toward others, from anguish to compassion, seeing that others are suffering as well. The remarkable thing about the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Tutu um, and, about, and about what they were describing is that as we recognize others' suffering and realize that we are not alone, our pain is lessened. And isn't that what God does as God comes to us as one of us? God recognizes our suffering and assures us that we are not alone. In the book of Joy, Doug Abrams noted, often we hear about another's tragedy and it makes us feel better about our own situation. This is quite different from what the Dalai Lama is doing. He was not contrasting his situation with others, but uniting his situation with others, enlarging his identity and seeing that he and the Tibetan people we're not alone in their suffering. This recognition that we are all connected is the birth of empathy and compassion. So when we look at Joseph's story and we ask the question, saved from what? We see that in opening to God who is with us, Joseph is being saved from cynicism, suspicion, mistrust, violence, separation, and brokenness. And he is being saved to empathy, compassion, care, acceptance, perspective, humility, forgiveness, and generosity. Interestingly, this list is similar to the list in the Book of Joy that is offered to us as the book concludes as the eight pillars of joy. The Christmas story is a story of joy, told through presence, hope, faith, and love. It alters and reorients our hearts so that instead of filling in our gaps with mistrust, we can move instead to trust. Instead of filling in gaps with isolation, we can embrace companionship, accompaniment, and compassion. It is a gift of love to all of us. At once, an old story and always a new story. How will you tell this story? How will you tell your story?
You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. Thank you.